Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWF. You rule the world. <laughs> Folks, welcome to the show. I want to first congratulate UC on the big win tonight in the Crosstown Shootout 86 to 78. We're going to uh, be discussing that game, breaking it all down. James Rapine is going to join me at 10.30, uh, plus your telephone calls. But first, first I want to take all of you down a dark and twisted world. A dark and twisted land that most of us have not visited since we were 10 or maybe 11 years old. And that is the world of professional wrestling. Uh, wrestling. And if there's one man in the city of Cincinnati that knows about professional wrestling, it is Kid Chris of the WBN show. The Royal Rumble is coming up this Sunday, I just found out. And the people of America need to know what to expect this Sunday at the Royal Rumble. Join us right now is the one and only Kid Chris. Chris, how are you? Well, it's very late, Rocky, but I'm very excited to be talking to you tonight. I am honored. And, and you know what? I got to tell you, it's funny because you, you, know, you played NFL football, that stuff, and you always yes, so, break yeah. my... You break my chops about liking wrestling, but you open your show with The Rock. <laughs> you had Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't you don't you see the uh, the sarcasm there a little bit? Come on, yeah. man. Rocky, you know, how long have you been married, Rocky? Um, going on. Let's see. What four years? Four years. Okay. You know, it's just just soon enough. You, I'm 42. Soon, and I'll be married 10 years coming up uh, in May. Soon enough, you'll be loving this world of professional wrestling soon enough, too, because you can detach from the horrific life that is marriage. That is family and marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and to watch the dudes go into a ring and throw each other over the top rope and all, it's, it's the greatest thing ever. No, I mean, I remember back in the day, but, you know, I've kind of been away from it. But to your point, once the, uh, the marriage years start piling up here and the nagging gets more and more and more, Maybe I'll flip on the maybe I'll flip on the channel. Chris, tell us right now what what is the difference between wrestling of say you know the eighties, nineties, whatever, and and wrestling now? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it different? Tell us. Well, I, I mean, I, it's hard to you know. I mean, there's times where I go through them like ah, it's not the same. But then I I, uh, I still watch it religiously, and I don't want to sound like an old fuddy duddy. It's evolved. I could say that. I mean, there's a lot more. Um, real life put into it like because you know with the internet you know everything about these guys personal lives and all that stuff and mm-hmm. they'll they'll write that into the storylines and all that stuff and they don't hide the fact that it's all you know predetermined and stuff um but i'll tell you what there's there's like now they script every word they say where back in the day they would just say all right here's where we're going with the story you run with it really so they, they script everything now it's not organic oh. 
Yes, and a lot of the guys, a lot of the old school guys, it's what they complain about because, you know, when you have one staff of writers, it's the same voice saying, you know, that's writing the same stuff. Right, yeah. You don't get, you don't get their personalities. Well, and uh, you don't, you don't get Ric Flair just going off like he used to, which he'd go yeah. totally off in, in some crazy direction, but yeah. it would be, but it'd be TV gold, right? Yeah, it would, yeah, and, and uh, you, you could never script that. Right. You could never script the Rock coming up with those sayings and all that stuff. Um, and, and those those guys are perfect examples of guys that because they did it themselves, they broke out. You know what I mean? The Rock mm-hmm. when he started, he was Rocky Maivia, and he was really corny and cheesy. Then he just and they started chanting that he sucked. They, like they used to chant "Die Rocky Die" when he'd come out really? and all that stuff. Yeah, and then he decided just to kind of flip it on him, and uh, yeah, he became one of the biggest, obviously the biggest ones ever. Right. Right. But, yeah, you know it's it's just it's just it, honestly it's no different than what we do. Of course, you, you know no, I mean? absolutely. Radio, I, you know, it's it's funny you say that, Chris, because I remember when I first started in this business, right? And I talked to mm-hmm. Willie Cunningham, and he told me I'll never forget him telling me this. He said, "Kid, he goes, this isn't professional sports. This is the WWE." Me talking about mm-hmm. talk radio, right? Meaning like it's kind of like you got to be entertainment first. And then you know, you obviously, got to have substance and all that. But but it's it's a very good analogy, I think. Yeah, it's it's you cranked up. Right, that's really all it is. Um, you know, uh, it, like there was a time I, I got interviewed for a, a, like a newspaper thing about the show, and they were like, "On, oh, you like this all the time, like off the air and stuff." I'm like, you know, when you meet a hockey player, he doesn't go and just go, "Hey, how's it going?" and slam you against the wall. Right, right, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right, exactly. When you're at work, you, when you're at work, you crank it up. But you know. Uh, that's what the, it, the professional wrestling was supposed to be was your personality cranked up, but it's very, you know, scripted now and they have all, the whole staff of writers and all that stuff. And, um, and, and, and what, what about the, the wrestlers in general? Are they bigger? Are they less big? I feel like they're more like athletic and acrobatic now. Is, is that the case? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that's the, the one positive, I think, uh, as far as the evolving is, they're real strict about the steroids and all that stuff now. And, wait, wait, wait! Uh, you you can't have steroids in professional wrestling. I, I mean, if they're on steroids, then they're on the wrong kind because they're not as big as they used to be. <laughs> right. I remember that one guy. Like right about the time where I really stopped watching. What's that guy named uh, Big Papa Pump? That no, that yeah. dude looked like he had literally an air pump injected into his body and pumped up. That dude was humongous, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, I mean. I mean, I don't know what that. Uh, I know there's a human growth hormone or whatever. Right, I don't know what right. that is compared to steroids, but um, yeah, I mean that dude must have been on something. Who knows? He still looks like that. Does he really? How God. do you keep that up? I don't know, man. You're taking years off the back end, man. That's all I can say because those yeah, steroids right. aren't, aren't good for you, from what from what I hear. That's that's pretty you, wild. You you never did that? Absolutely not. On my mother's life, never touched it. Okay. What? Well, like what? Because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to become a fan of UFC and stuff. It seems like all these guys, they get banned for these, like, uh, these powders and all that stuff that it's like, well, what, what, what's so illegal about them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's a, I'm sure you've heard them too, Chris. There's a school of people out there that say, who cares? Let my professional athletes take is whatever they want and whatever amount they want. I want to see 70 home runs a year. I want yeah. to see, you know, guys running over each other. I want to see wrestlers that are 6'8", 360, and are cut with 10% body fat. There's a yeah. school of people out there that say that, and you're, I mean, you're really talking ultimate entertainment when you go that route. But, yeah, man, I mean, there's – in terms of, like, football and professional sports, though, I mean, you're always constantly trying to find – 
whatever edge you can within the yeah. legal limits. Now, I spent a lot of money on, you know, the, um, you know, HMB and, you know, like, like natural kind of stuff, but it was all mostly like recovery, and a lot of players do. I mean, James Harrison spends $350,000 legally, allegedly, on, uh, on, on stuff to help his body out, you know? So you got to kind of do whatever you can underneath that, that black line there, if you will. Yeah, and, you know, I guess the old school, like, wrestler guys used to do stuff just because they had to keep working so they would numb the pain and all that yeah, stuff. And, yeah. that's, and that's kind of scary, but I guess, you know, I, I'm with you on that. Like, uh, you know, the Mark McGuire era and all that stuff, I don't care if these guys, I didn't care if these guys would just blow up out on the field because, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to see the freak stuff. But I don't know about you, but, it's like, if there's an athlete that you look up to and then, you know, they come out later on and they're real sick because of steroids and stuff. It's kind of a bummer. So I don't know if totally, I want that. Totally a bummer. Yeah, yeah you see these guys, cause that, that, that stuff, you know, because you're putting, you know, mass on your frame, on your skeleton that it's not used to or not meant to carry, you know, so it's just right. kind of wears down the cartilage, wears down the joints, wears down the, the you know, the, the membranes in between the vertebra. And yeah, these guys get real broken down. I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've seen a lot of some of those old guys in the wrestling era that, that were able to do steroids. There, a lot of them are kind of screwed up right yeah well i mean i think you know the name lex luger right yeah absolutely oh that guy was a, a beat i mean just a big guy a beast i mean he was all looks he had nothing in the ring and stuff but he's like in a wheelchair now really and wow yeah i mean that's 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 sad that is sad and then that that is the that's kind of the counter argument to the people that say, look, give my athletes whatever, give them steroids, give them, you know, HGH, whatever. And then you look at them, you know, quality of life afterward. Then you're like, God, I, I was essentially rooting for that. Now look at that guy. You know, it's yeah, it's right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Cause it's like, if I never get to see him again, maybe I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, kid Chris from WBN joins us on the show. We're talking some professional wrestling, the Royal rumble, is this Sunday. Uh, Chris, for those of us who, who don't know exactly the rules, explain what the Royal Rumble is. Well, I mean, it, first of all, this is the road to WrestleMania. So you have these, uh, you'll have like two competitors start off in the ring, and I think it's 90 seconds. Every 90 seconds, another person joins the fight. So, you know, at the end of 90 seconds, another person, another person, and there's up to 30 guys that could be in the ring at one time. But uh, you got to throw competitors over the top rope. And whoever's left standing at the end gets a title shot at WrestleMania. And how many total wrestlers will ultimately be in the ring? I mean, how many total are in, are in the Royal Rumble? Well, a total in the Royal Rumble is 30, but, you know, obviously guys Not in the same out. time. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, so right. 30, 30 men enter, one man uh, yep, you know, stand. This year, the three big ones are you got Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and Goldberg are all in the Goldberg Royal still wrestling. Get out of here! He just he just came back. How's he look? Yeah, I think he looks better than he did before. Get out of town, really? See, now yeah, you're I, I actually get me fired up to watch this thing on Sunday. I'm going to tell my wife we're not going out to dinner or whatever. I'm staying home and watching the Royal Rumble with Kid Chris. Yeah, why not? I mean, they picked the perfect weekend in between, you know, the playoffs, the Bingo. end of the playoffs. And yeah. then the, no uh, one's watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, Chris, Chris, when it comes to the, this particular Royal Rumble, how does Kofi Kingston, how does he stave off elimination in, in the ways he has in the past? I got I got to admit, Big Dave, my producer, gave me that that little nugget there. I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about, but I tried. <laughs> 
Hoffman is a part of, uh, of, of New Day. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a little pack. These uh, three guys that are, uh, they were tag team champs. Uh, you know, they got their own problems because they got to try to get the championship back. Rocky, there's a lot of stuff you missed out on. So you need to catch up. I, apparently I do. Apparently uh, John Cena is going up against AJ Styles. That's the undercard. And Cena is going for a 16th world title. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and that's big because AJ Styles is incredible. And John Cena is like the Hulk Hogan of our era. You right. know what I mean? Is, is he cool or is he like boring? I mean, what's the, what's the deal? No, what's listen, a... You know what's funny is I, uh, my wife watches that, uh, that, that, uh, the, the Bellas show there, the, uh, the you know the uh, that total Bellas. Oh yeah, the, the two twins. Now they're they're easy on the eyes, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And one of them dating John Cena, and they had a whole thing where uh, you know they had family move into Cena's house and stuff, and he was all strict about you know we have to wear suits to dinner and all that stuff. I have interviewed that guy billions of times. He is one of the coolest. You cannot cheer against that guy. Really? That's see, that's awesome. One, Good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the coolest guys ever. And the other thing is. Is you know those guys have to wear suits and stuff to the arena because I guess Vince McMahon makes them dress classy, and if you don't, you get fined. And I guess he's too comfortable wearing what he wants to wear that he just gets fined because he doesn't want to wear suits and all that stuff. So yeah, obviously it's a work. The Bella's thing that we that was on TV because this dude, I mean, I've interviewed him five times maybe and mm-hmm. at WrestleMania and all that stuff. This guy doesn't have to do that stuff, and he does, and he enjoys it. That's that's pretty um, cool. That's good. To, yeah. I don't care if it's you know, professional sports or professional wrestling, whatever. Even even Hollywood actors, you, you always love to hear when you know, out of the ring or out of the baseball field, out of the football field, that they're good people. Man, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what. There's times where um, I get caught up because I'll go on Twitter and trash him on Twitter. Like, not him, but like other wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, Sami Zayn is a guy that I've trashed on Twitter, and he's blocked me and stuff, you know. Uh, and then he, he came into the studio, and he was one of the nicest, coolest guys. So ever. you felt like a total ass then for trashing this guy, and Ken turns out he's just a, a sweetheart of a guy, huh? Yeah, he was great. You God, I'll tell you what. All right, so who, so, so who wins the Royal Rumble, Chris? Who's going to take him the crown or whatever it is? I, You know what, man? I honestly think, boy, I mean, it's – because you know the word is that uh, uh, Brock and uh, and Goldberg are going to go at it at WrestleMania. So if they go at it at WrestleMania, that takes them out of the Rumble. So then you got Undertaker. So Undertaker, God, Undertaker against- still going at it too. God. Oh, oh yeah. So like if you you look at this, you could look at Undertaker uh, going against uh, Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Kevin Undertaker- Owens, he can't be good. You can't be good with a name like Kevin Owens. He's I, he's great, and he's a young guy. And when you work with an undertaker, that means they're putting, uh, you know, what they call the shine on you—that you're a star. And he's working with you, so that's that's main event. I got you. So well, why 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 wouldn't he get like an awesome name? Why is it Kevin Owens, not like you know the, the Flamer? I don't well, know. Like, well, well, the Flamer would be uh, that that wouldn't go over oh. well in some pockets of the United States. <laughs> 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 so the Flamer is out as a as a wrestling name, faux pas, Rocky Boyman. All right. <laughs> so I, I I think what you you may see this is what makes it fun is because when I'm wrong I get excited because you know if if you know what's coming up it sucks so when they take you down these roads and you don't know what's happening it's more fun but. I, 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 I think they could be going where under it, Undertaker wins it, and he goes against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, and he wins the title at WrestleMania, and then that sets up, uh, you know, one of the other guys to go after 
uh, you know, uh, Undertaker, uh, and win the title from him, and he passes what they call the torch. You know what I mean? So right, right, new, right. Okay, yeah, kind new, of. Yeah, he, you know, the old guy's going out, and now he's bringing up the the youngster. Okay. Yeah, but also Undertaker doesn't work work that much, so. Maybe yeah, maybe they want to give him a belt or whatever before he he goes off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I, I'm rooting know. for right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't I don't think Goldberg's working past uh, um, WrestleMania, so I think him and Brock are just going to go out at WrestleMania. Then you're going to have uh, you know whoever wins the Rumble and Kevin Owens. If a Kevin Owens retains the title at WrestleMania, he could lose against okay. uh, Roman Reigns. All right. Well, if you ever if you ever interview Kevin Owens, tell him he needs a name, man. He's something like the the. Well, he's I don't know. been in, he, he's been in, he he was great, uh, and and you know, that's what I was talking about earlier. I think they 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 use regular names now, uh, and it's funny because it, his real name is Kevin Steen, and what Vince McMahon does is he comes up with regular generic names so he can own the copyright. Oh, okay, I got you. So it's all about, <laughs> it's all about McMahon, yeah. God. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, in a way, it's like it's, a, it's Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a total soap opera, you know what I mean? And, it's you a know, soap opera, and it's a, it's a business. It's about pushing T-shirts and ice cream cones. There you go. Kid, <laughs> kid Chris, I, I got, we got to run, but I got to tell you, this was maybe the most fascinating interview I've done, certainly this year. <laughs> So, so thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge with me and the American people. We got to do this again, okay? All right, man. Thanks, Rocky. Thanks so much, Chris. That was Kid Chris from WBN uh, talking wrestling for the first time ever on the Rocky Boyman Show. We're breaking barriers around here, folks. We're not just talking about Trump, okay? We're also talking about wrestling. Now, on another note, we are going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk, uh, of course, the Crosstown Shootout, James Rapine is going to join us, break down some of the action. Also, of course, taking your calls on the Crosstown Shootout. What would you like? Was it an exciting game? Were you there? What would you see? And also, hell, since we're here, we've got to throw it out there. Do you still watch professional wrestling and why? All of that and more right here on the Rocky Boyman Show, 700 WLW. Evan inbounds to Tobler. The buzzer sounds. And down goes Savior. Cincinnati ends its three-game losing streak against the Musketeers by the final score of 86-78. to So there you go, folks. Great game. Crosstown shootout, as Dan Horde just said. UC breaks the three-game losing streak in the Crosstown shootout. Join us right now on the show to discuss that and much, much more is James Rapine. He's my producer here on this show. He's also Mo Ayer's producer on 1530. He also fills in on 1530 and fills in for me on 700 WLW during the night show. Guy does a lot of stuff. He joins us right now. James, how are you? I'm doing well, Rock. How are you, man? Good, buddy. So so just give us uh, your, your thoughts on the Crosstown shootout. I, I thought it was very emblematic after the game, of course, the, the big quote. Um, Xavier's coach Chris Mack says we got our ass kicked on the glass, right? And I, I would say, as a guy who doesn't watch a lot of basketball, me, 
I, even I could see that. They looked like they just didn't have the guys down low in the paint that could get rough and, and grab some boards. You're right. I mean, that played a huge role in it. And obviously, coach, coaches, any coach is going to point that out. You see out rebounding Xavier 41 to 29 on the night. And that, it was interesting because five minutes in, UC had a little bit of a lead, and then Xavier took the lead and kind of took control for, heck, it seemed like the majority of the game. And it wasn't because UC was getting outplayed. They they were leading rebounds. They had less turnovers. They were even, at one point, shooting, uh, and they finished the game shooting a better percentage from the field. But right. it, it, it's it, it's the three point shot that kept Xavier in it, and, and at halftime they were up by eight, and that was the the, the one thing that UC couldn't contain and they couldn't match. And, and Xavier almost pulled out a fourth straight crosstown shootout win because of it. Yeah, when Trayvon blew it for Xavier, had twenty six points in the first half. He was he couldn't miss from downtown. And again, just uh, full disclosure, the crosstown shootout is like probably the one basketball game a year that I watch. But I remember in years past, it's always it always seems like Xavier gets just for out of their mind shooting the basketball in the crosstown shootout. So I'm watching the first half, and I'm saying, here we go again. These guys can't miss. Yeah, Xavier started, uh, in, and the number actually got, got worse than this because Blue was on fire, but it, or, or better than this, but it was five for seven, I believe, from three. And, and I saw some UC Bearcats fans tweeting, here we go again. <laughs> you got that feeling. UC's playing well. They got off to a quick start. Gary Clark scored a couple baskets uh, early on in the game, and he didn't even score in last year's shootout. They're like, okay, UC, it's their year. They're ranked higher. They're 17-2. and two. They're, they're going to win. And Xavier just started cooking from three. And you're right. Trayvon Blewett was amazing tonight. Uh, you mentioned the first half with 26 points. He finished with 40 points. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, he shot uh, 12 of 15 from the field, and it's the highest-scoring Musketeer performance since 2003 when David West had 47 points versus Dayton. So to do it in the shootout, to do it on the road, Trayvon Blewett was on fire, started 10 for 10 from the field. But fortunately for the Bearcats, unfortunately for the Musketeers, he was really the only one, the only Xavier Musketeer to show up tonight on offense, and, and that's why. Uh, UC took the game. Yeah, absolutely. UC, uh, you know, missed 19 free throws, which usually that's that's a death sentence. You miss that many free throws, but you're right. It was a physicality. Uh, the one the one big stat that stuck out to me, James, was they were 30. Uh, they were uh, outscored Xavier 30 to four on what's called second chance points. So basically, they were getting rebounds and getting another chance on their side of the floor. So I mean, that was a big, that was a humongous swing right there, 30 to four. Exactly. So, so not only was UC out rebounding them, but they were converting. And the, the second chance points there, thirty to four, is is huge. And that's what made up for the the discrepancy at, at the three point line. Xavier made fifteen threes tonight to UC eight. There's nothing wrong with making eight three pointers, but when you're making almost double that, that's twenty one more points from three. So UC made up for that with just hustling and, and, and blocking out and really playing physical on both sides of the ball. They had a bunch of offensive rebounds uh, in, in the first half, and it, it, it translated to points, and it kept them in the game when, when Trayvon Blewett was going off. And um, it, it, this is the thing, Rocky, I, I think with UC this year, and I think UC fans should feel confident about, is this game, former UC teams would have lost this game because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had the, the firepower on offense and, and the discipline uh, to, to recover. And instead of uh, 
having their head tilted or anything like that with a, a star player going off for Xavier, that they didn't. They were only down eight at halftime. They stayed in it, even when Blewett hit a few shots in the second half, that they stayed within striking distance. And, and as soon as Xavier went cold, um, UC still had pretty good defense and, and their offense. They had five guys in double digits tonight. So, so they have a lot of depth. And if you're a UC fan, you got to like that moving forward. No, you're absolutely right. I remember last year, I recall a, a post game show with Mick Cronin. He basically, I forget the exact words he used, but he basically said, look, we're, we're mentally soft. Like our guys, once they fate, you know, try to, you know, come across some adversity, they go in the tank. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I think if you're a Bearcats fan, you see the fact that the first, you know, basically quarter, really first half of this game, Belonged to Xavier, but they had the guys on the floor. They had the mentality to be able to come come back from that. So that's a good thing for Bearcats fans. So, so James, just quickly on to end this one here. Um, UC mm-hmm. goes eighteen and two. Xavier goes to fourteen and six. What does this game mean for each team moving forward? I think it it means more for for UC and it meant more for UC because of the conference they're in. They're not in a a great conference with a bunch of opponents like Xavier where they're going to play ranked teams. They don't have many SMU. Is probably their their best opponent moving forward in the American Athletic Conference. So they don't have an opportunity to get these resume builders uh, to, for the NCAA tournament that they mm-hmm. look for, that the committee looks for. You look at Xavier; they play in one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in the country, in the Big East. So they're still going to play Villanova again. They're still going to play top teams like that Creighton again. So they'll have a chance to to build that resume. Uh, so from that perspective. Obviously, I, I think it's it, it was bigger for UC because they had to take advantage of one of the few opportunities they had this year schedule-wise to get a quality win. But as is always, it's a rivalry, so Xavier fans can't be happy with uh, the result. Right, of course. Now, now I, I'm forgive me, I'm not uh, I'm ignorant on such things, but I mean, is there a chance that each <laughs> that each of these teams could could meet each other in the in the uh, in the NCAA tournament? Could that happen? Could we get a rematch of this game? I hope so. I, I, I hope so, and, and I've always wanted to see that, and I, I think it would be interesting. Now, I don't think that – I mean, both teams are going to make the NCAA tournament, but I, I don't think the committee would put them or, or pair them in the same region to where – or the same bracket to where they would play early on, you know, in the round of 32. They would probably have to both advance to the Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Boy, that would be a or, fantastic or Sweet like 16, that. right? That'd be, that'd be, Wouldn't it? That'd be great, yeah. So, so if both teams – one advance. We have a whole week of UC versus Xavier previewing before they played on that, you know, Thursday or Friday coming up. That would be amazing. I yeah. hope that happens. Yeah, that'd be big, <laughs> that would that would be big time. James Rapine joining us here on the program. Uh, we were just talking a little cross down shootout. I want to switch gears real quick, James, and and just talk a little Reds. Get your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So today the Reds signed a guy by the name of Scott Feldman. Now Scott Feldman is 34 years old and got a decent, uh, you know, 3.97 ERA and 40 appearances was seven and four last year. Uh, there's also rumors that they're going to sign a 39-year-old, uh, Bronson Arroyo. W- what are your thoughts on that? From my perspective, James, I'm saying, look, I-, I thought we were rebuilding here. Why are we signing 34-year-old and 39-year-old guys? I, I mean, I-, I understand you, you don't want to just throw the season away, but to me, I look at it, if you're rebuilding, and I think by now all of the fans – all the realistic fans know that we're rebuilding. We're not going to attend for a pennant this year. I feel like those are innings that could be better used on an up-and-comer, on a guy that's maybe not there, maybe not polished, but, man, get him some of that experience early. 
kind of like Cody Reed did, and Cody Reed took his lumps last year. There's no no question about that. But why why are we signing 34 and 39 year old guys on the rebuilding year? Uh, that, that would be my feeling about Bronson Arroyo, uh, at least initially, right? Because you think about it, why would they go back to a guy that was so durable and, and played well for so long, but he really hasn't pitched in a major league game in, in quite some time? I think it's, I believe it's been a couple years. Coming off of a, a, an injured rotator cuff, he, he partially tore his rotator cuff last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as his Feldman goes, I, I like I, I like bringing in a veteran just because that way you have someone to eat up some innings that Dan Straley was going to pitch for you. They, they made that trade, which right. you like that trade. It boosts their, their minor league system. But now you, you do miss a starter who was your best starter last year. So I get bringing in a veteran. Bronson Arroyo, you can make the argument, and I've seen it on Twitter from some of the beat writers, that leadership-wise you can bring him in and he can help mentor some of the young guys. But, but this, I might take your question and ask you, is veteran leadership a little overrated when you're a team that, that isn't going to contend and you've just got to kind of get out there and, and, and figure out how to be a major league pitcher? I, I don't know. To me, they're, they're not going to win a bunch of games anyway. I don't know what Bronson Arroyo is right. at, and I'm not sure – he has the talent left to crack the starting rotation. So well, see, see that, yeah, exactly. exactly. See, that's the thing. I, I wouldn't. I would say that veteran leadership is important. I think it's overrated in the minds of a lot of people. What, what gets respect on a team is when a guy is is performing at a high, high level, right? So if Bronson Royal is coming in and he's not pitching that well and he's not pitching that often and he's you know back and forth, in, who cares if he's thirty nine? Who cares if he's been here before? Most of the guys on this team. I mean, uh, I don't even think Billy Hamilton played with the guy, right? Like, so they're going to be like, you know, it's one thing if you're a veteran and you're playing at a high level, but if you're a veteran and you're just like the old guy who's kind of average, I, I see no real, real benefit to that. Now, the only thing I would think, you know, maybe this is if they sign him, I don't know if that's foreshadowing something happening with Brandon Phillips, thinking, okay, now our, our veteran guy, maybe he's going to be gone and you need someone. In that role, I, I, mean, I could be oh. reaching on that, but you, you, yeah. you never know. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the one of those things where that could be a, a scenario where I, I guess I would say, okay, that makes a little more sense now. Yeah, I, I think in, in, you're right about Brandon Phillips. I'm not sure he's going to be there or how much longer he'll be in Cincinnati. But with the Royal, I mean, if they do it, it's low risk. I mean, what's what's the harm? They're not going to pay him a bunch of money. He's 39, almost 40 years old, hasn't pitched. I believe since 2014 in a major league game. So to, to me, it, it is low risk. I just do I, I see him actually cracking the the rotation or, or doing no. There's no way. Like right, the odds are stacked against him. I don't think there's really any harm in bringing him in and getting a look at him. But I also don't think it's it's going to be much. Besides, give uh, the beat writers a column to write or, or <laughs> an article to write. And, well, the, the, and give yeah, us a, a segment or two. Right. To, to me, that's what kind of smells like. Okay, let, let's you know, let, let's kind of bring something a fan favorite on. And I love the guy; he was a great pitcher. But I feel like he's kind of passed the deal, and it just kind of seems like okay, we're going to bring this guy on. They're going to parade him around. Maybe he'll sell some tickets. Which I, I get it. It's a business. I understand it. But I, I guess me, I'm kind of like, look, if we're going to rebuild, let's go with a total rebuild. How many times, how many years, James, has this team, you know, kind of rebuilt, you know what I mean? Not fully. And we hung around to Johnny Cueto a little too long and hung around to uh, Chapman maybe a little too long because we never fully committed. I feel like this team is 
really right there, especially if they find a way to either trade or whatever Brandon Phillips. I feel like this team is really committed. I guess when I read it, I was like, oh, God, here we go. We're going to kind of revert back to, well, maybe not all the way. Let's, you know, instead of eating up some of those innings, give it to some of those young guys. So, I don't know. Yeah, let me bring up a name that I'm sure still haunts you from last year's uh, extra innings. Alfredo Simon. Big pasta. For him, yeah. (laughs) And, 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 you know, he had some success with the Reds. How did that turn out? So, I mean, and I'm not comparing Arroyo to Simon. I mean, Bronson Arroyo is a much better pitcher when he was in his prime, but he's 39 going on 40. So uh, he would come in with low expectations, but but you said if he's not performing at a high level, the young guys aren't going to learn much anyway. So uh, I don't know. To me, me, I can can just leave him out there, but... It's not my call. <laughs> All right, we shall see. Lastly, James, before I let you go, give me your thoughts on the Royal Rumble uh, this Sunday. Oh, I mean, I, I, and I heard your talk with Chick Chris. I mean, how can you not root for gold? I'll tell you, I am all fired, James. I just watched a video during the break of Donald Trump getting stunned by Steve Austin back in whatever. So the answer to the trivia question, what is the only commander-in-chief in America's history that has ever been stunned? Answer, Donald Trump. There you go. And he, li- and he lived to become president. Lived to become so. president. There you go. James, we got to run, buddy, but thanks so much for your time. Uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Rock. Absolutely. Uh, James Rapine, joining us on the show. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Crosstown shootout. We're going to talk about your thoughts on Bronson Arroyo coming to the team, Scott Feldman coming to the Reds team. We're also going to talk wrestling because, frankly, I'm all kinds of fired up about it. And we'll also talk Donald Trump if you want to do that. So stay right here, 700 WLW. Money, 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 money. So the reason we're playing this song is apparently this is this was Trump's walk-up video back in 2008 when he appeared on WrestleMania before he got stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've learned so much this last hour. I'm gonna put this on the blog too at some point. All right, so. We got to have the top of the hour news, but uh, we got some calls. We got Ed, we got Tara, we got Ken. Stay on the line. We're going to get you on the backside of the news. We'll discuss anything you'd like on the Rocky Boyman show, uh, including including wrestling, including the, the Royal Rumble coming up. So, again, topics, wrestling. Do you still watch it if you're an adult and why? Bronson Arroyo and uh, Scott Feldman coming to the team. Good idea, bad idea. Marvin Lewis extension. He's looking for that. Would you give it to him? And plus a Crosstown Shootout, all right here, 700 WLW. All right, hour number three, the Rocky Boyman Show, 700 WLW. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. UC wins tonight. 86-78. Trayvon blew up for XU. Unreal. 40 points. Was 9-11 on three-pointers. UC missed 19 free throws. They were down by eight points at half, but still came back uh, for the, uh, what, eight-point win. Uh, their first win. Uh, they break the uh, three-game losing streak in the Crosstown shootout. So we're discussing the Crosstown shootout. We're also discussing 
the Reds' potential signing of a Bronson of a Bronson Arroyo. We're also discussing the potential extension of Marvin Lewis. And finally, last but not least, we're discussing the topic of professional wrestling. Do you still watch it? The Royal Rumble is this Sunday. And we talked to Kid Chris earlier, and he's got me all kinds of fired up about it. Do you still watch wrestling? Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go. uh, Ken, you've been waiting a while. You want to talk about the Crosstown Shootout. Fire away, please. Yeah, hi, Rocky. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, first of all, I have two points uh, real quick. Uh, Number one, uh, I think that, uh, first of all, uh, UC deserves this win. I'm a diehard, diehard Xavier fan, and uh, hats off to UC. Uh, They deserve that win, and and congratulations to them. Right. Now, you're you're a diehard XU fan. How do you feel about the the rest of the season? Is this a... I mean, is this going to put put a, a downer on the rest of the season? You think they can climb back? What do you think? Well, I got two points, Rocky. Number one is that I think this crosstown shootout will go down that uh, UC won, of course, and they deserve that win. But I think it'll go down as one of the most ridiculous performances by any individual player, Oscar Robertson, Jack Twyman, Brian Grant, whoever you want. I mean, that was just absurd. Third, what uh, Trayvon Blewett did. Yeah, 40 points. I believe what uh, David West had 47 in a crosstown shootout, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, exceptional. He was, if he couldn't miss there for a while, it was unbelievable. I mean, crazy. And number two, I mean, I know you're going to laugh at me for this or, or whatnot, but I really believe that Xavier doesn't need this game anymore. I mean, come on. Let's look at the power rankings of the conferences uh, as of four or five hours ago. The Big East was number two. The AAC, uh, I mean, horrible, number eight. Why does Xavier need this game anymore? I mean, Xavier's got uh, Butler coming up. They've got uh, Villanova coming up. They've got Creighton coming up. I mean, why does Xavier even need this well, game Well, I, I see exactly drop, what you're saying. What's drop, you see? No, I see what you're saying. I mean, it UC, seems... wants to go, UC wants to go toe-to-toe with SMU. They want to go toe-to-toe with UConn, they want to go toe-to-toe with Houston. None of those teams are even ranked. It's it's absurd. No, I mean, I think your point's valid. I, I would say UC needs this game more than XU does. XU's in the Big East, which is a bigger and better conference, and UC, uh, the American Conference, is, is a, a step below that in terms of a full conference. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I would say it's, it's better AAC, for them. AAC is Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Well, you know, it's either way, it's a good win. Uh, for UC and, and XU, well, yeah, you, maybe they don't. Yeah, maybe they don't need it. But either way, both teams are going to get in the tournament, and let, let's hope they play later on. Uh, later on in that tournament, uh, can we got to run well, by? Rocky, with that? Rocky, Go ahead. Let, yeah. me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Week after week, we see UC. Wow, in the Enquirer, what a great win! Wow, uh, mm-hmm. they just beat Houston. Wow, <laughs> they just beat SMU. Wow. No, those teams are even ranked, Rock. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I really know. Hey, great win. C- c- call uh, call Paul Dockery down at the Enquirer. I, I I have no idea. Can we got to run, buddy? But thanks for the call. There you go. Uh, let's go. Uh, here we go. Oh, here's a topic I really want to talk about. Terry in Middletown, you want to talk about the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Fire away, please. Absolutely. Good talking to you, Rocky. Uh, uh, let me preface this by saying I'm 54. Mm-hmm. You know, so growing up with wrestling, it'll never go away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the 2000s, we lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, two and a half hours from Atlanta, you know, three and a half hours from Cincinnati. So it was easier to go to shows in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. 
the first pay-per-view we went to was the Royal Rumble and Phillips Arena when Edge came back. Mm-hmm. And we're in the last row all the way in the top, looking down at the stage, looking at, at the scoreboard. Now, when you go to a Royal Rumble, when the big match comes up, you hear everybody, 10, 9, 8, 7. And that's really good for the first six or seven, 10 guys that show up. But when they get to like 16, 17, 18, <laughs> and, and you're talking, Doink the Clown is coming back after 30 years or whatever. One, yeah. And they're going, and you're going, 10, 9, 8. Yeah, <laughs> it, so, it gets monotonous. And so, yeah. And so, and so then it kicks back up around 24. You know, it's 10, 9, 8. And that year was the year the Edge came back. And that, that was a, that's a really good time. It, it's fun to, to listen to the crowd. Gotcha. And uh, back, back in the early days uh, when we had, you know, we were, you know, you know, delinquent gamblers, we'd always have a party for the Royal Rumble, and we'd all draw names. And, you know, whatever number was your name. And if your guy won, you know, everybody put in 20 bucks. And, right. You know. So, 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 Terry, you're 54 years old. What, what is it that you still, what, what sort of kick do you still get out of wrestling? Uh, I mean, you can only do so much in the ring. Uh, I really get excited when, when somebody does something different. Like, uh, when Kevin Owens, uh, even at that, uh, at that Phillips Arena show, when he slammed, or the WrestleMania that year, because we were at the, the Georgia Dome, uh, watching WrestleMania that year, when he slammed John Cena on the apron. But when you see something new, and that it looks real, and it looks like that could be, you know, ex- well, what happened, and that really, you know, that really excites me. But well, when, when you up, say new, do you mean like new? Like now, to me, move. like I, I, I would, res- I, I would respect like the athleticism. I mean, you see these guys jumping off of ropes and doing, you know, triple whatevers and and landing, and that, that's kind of cool. So, but I mean, if it's just like a like like kind of a choreographed fake move, do you still get into that? Sure, uh, you have to figure like in the mid nineties. When the, the ECW was coming out, there was so much competition, mm-hmm. and, and WCW had the cruiserweights. I mean, Dean Malenko and Ben Wong, those guys were just doing unbelievable matches on Nitro, but nobody saw it. You know, they eventually got to it, you know, when they caught up with Raw, but some of the best matches are done by smaller, you know, the workers, you know, uh, um, Oh, so so you, you mean the up and comers? They're like fighting, scratching, clawing. So it's kind of like watching, like, I don't know, like like college football. Those guys, they all want to go to the league, so they're all kind of giving it all, right? Can I, can I, can I give you a real example? Yeah, man. If you look at Seth Rollins before he got the title, I mean, he was, you know, selling punches, hitting, swinging so hard. If you've seen him the last two, three months, he's just barely tapping people and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's really, fun to see the, it's really fun to see the younger guys. And can I ask you one quick question? Yes. Uh, they're tearing down the Georgia Dome. Did you ever play? In the Georgia Dome, I have an, I have an interception there? in the Georgia Dome. I, I've played a bunch of good games in the Georgia Dome. We played, we played the Atlanta Falcons. I was with the Colts. We played the Falcons on on um, Thanksgiving. This is two thousand seven. And uh, God, who was the quarterback? Uh, the, the white guy from Oregon. What was his name? Uh, what was his name? Yeah, I mean, we anyway, used to go over yeah. there and see the the Bengals were there two out of three years uh, for preseason games. Right. And so uh, that was just. That's just, it's a shame, kind of, you know. Joey Harrington, that's who it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, no, so, so do, do you, are, are, yeah, are, are you, um, so are, do you have an affinity for the Georgia Dome? Are you sad that it's going to be uh, torn down? I, I kind of am. I mean, yeah. as far as, I mean, at WrestleMania, when Hunter, when Triple H came out to Metallica, it was just like, oh, my goodness, cool. it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, we're in the upper deck, you know, but the sight lines were amazing. The lighting was Fantastic! The WWE sound system still, you know, even though you're at the towards the top, was amazing. Watching a football game there is, you know, is always electric. I'm really, 
because they used to say the same, same thing about the kingdom. When you watch a Mariners game at the kingdom, it was so loud. You know, right, what are they going to do right. outside the kingdom? And so now that, that football, uh, the stadium that they have in Seattle is just as loud. Right. It's not louder. Right, which, you know? which is crazy. So, you know, yeah, obviously I played in the RCA Dome, which was kind of a dump, but, man, you want to talk about loud because it was yeah. you know, right at about 60,000, so it was kind of a smaller – um, you know, smaller arena, but boy, it, it just bounced off all those walls, man. It was pretty cool. I've seen I've seen football games at the Hoosier Dome. I've seen football games at the uh, uh, the whatever the uh, the field, the the new Colts Stadium. Um, Lucas I mean, Oil, the yeah, yeah. The, the experience there. We went to see the Pats and and the Colts last year on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and uh, but still, just an amazing. But you just don't get that sound. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, so, I know. So, so there's, there's certainly some charm about some of those old stadiums. Terry, we got to run, buddy. But thanks for the call and thanks for your Rocky, insight. Man. You too, brother. Thank you. I'm getting inside the head of wrestling fans tonight. This is fascinating to me. Let's keep this going. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Larry. Larry, how old are you Wait. and do you still watch wrestling? Oh, yeah, I watch wrestling. Rocky, how you doing tonight, buddy? Good, brother. How are you? Oh, real good. Um, I'm, I'm 42. I've been watching this since I was a kid. You remember when cable came out with their first uh, box that had the line attached to the TV and it had the push buttons and everything? Yeah, absolutely. My grandma had one of those. He had like there's like six or eight or ten buttons, and you had to push it down, and then, uh-huh. and then it switched channels. Yeah, well, that's that's what the WWF uh, had their first WrestleMania on, and I remember watching it on that in my dad's living room. But the main reason why I still watch to this day is because my 17-year-old son has fallen in love with it, and he's he's actually reached out to the WWE in Connecticut, is where their headquarters is at, and he actually got a response back that the, my mom lives out in New York, and the next time that we're out there, he got an invite to come by WWE headquarters out there in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. He sent them all their information, all of his information. And at 17, he's 6'6", 275. Wow. And, yeah, he's squatting over 500. And I'm coming down to your facility one day, and I want to I want to introduce you to him and him to you. Because okay. I'd like to set up a thing for you to work with him on his physical. Because right now he's into powerlifting and all that stuff. Right, but right. We sit, we sit down every Monday because that's when I'm in town. I usually leave out Tuesday, so I'm out here on the road. And we watch it on Mondays, and he's absolutely fallen in love with it. And there's a guy on there by the name of Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman. he looks okay. just like Braun Strowman. Look him up. Okay. And he's built just like him. And I've always liked it because it's the male uh, soap opera. You know, women can sit around during the day and eat their bonbons and watch their days <laughs> of our lives. Well, I sit in my vibrating recliner drinking gym and, and – uh, <laughs> Jim and Cole and sit there and watch my wrestling with my son. So, you know, we, we have a good time on Mondays. But, yeah, I go back to when it was there was eight so, 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 Terry, it sounds like more like this is more of a, like a, you know, kind of a cool bonding thing with your son, right? Maybe it's not so much the wrestling, but the fact that you did it and it's kind of nostalgic from when you were a kid, but now your son likes it. So now, if nothing else, Terry, this is an excuse for you and your son to get together and hang out, which that's, that's, yeah. that's cool. That's 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 about it. I mean, you know, like I said, I watched it back in the day when the Road Warriors were on there and Ric Flair doing all his crazy stuff and the Four Horsemen and when uh, uh, Hulk Hogan came in to his first match all dressed up in his red and white. 
body slamming Andre the Giant the whole nine yards. I remember, I remember that one. I remember, yeah. remember him body slamming the Giant. That was uh, yep. it was it was t- times were much simpler back then. Terry, we got to run by, but thanks for yep. your story. Thank you. All right, Rocky. Yep. yep. All right. Let's let's keep this going. Go to Batavia and talk to Jeff. Jeff, you're on the big one. Give me some more stuff about wrestling. Fire away. Well, uh, I, my favorite memories of wrestling was in the 70s. We used to go down to the Garden at least once a month and watch the, the South, the Southern wrestlers, Mid-Atlantic, and they would come up. And during intermission, they turn the house lights on, and we us kids would all get in the ring. They let the kids get in the ring, and we get in the ring and wipe the blood up with the wipe the blood up, up with our programs we could show off at school the next day. <laughs> really? Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, you know, that was back when Ric Flair first entered the the scene and everything. I think the wrestlers were tougher back then, but I still watch it today. I'm 46. Okay, and- so, so what is it? I, I, I get it back then. You know, it's kind of you're young and, you know, these big, huge guys are, you know, they're cool and they're this and that, but what is it about today's wrestling that makes you – Keep watching, knowing that it's choreographed, knowing that it's you know has the fake element and all that. What what is the well, reason why you still stick to it? Well, when I was in the service, I kind of got away from it. But when I got out and I had my my daughter, and she grew up and she started watching it, so I got back into it with her. It was something like we could do together. And and then I think like your last caller, I can definitely relate to a man soap opera. Yeah, well, I mean that's well, what it is. In in terms of the actual sport, what do you like more the do you like seeing like the athleticism of the moves, or do you like like the, the you know the, the kind of crap talking they do and the, and the showmanship or all of it? What do you, what do you like about it? I, I used to love the talkers, you know, but there's there weren't there's not a lot of jabbers anymore. Well, see, like but that's that's what Kid be. Chris told me. He said uh, apparently now like it's all scripted. So like some some dork writer, right, who's never you know probably you know whatever wrestled anybody or even been in a fight in his life is writing a script for this guy and then that guy and the whole thing. I see. I feel like it would be much better if they just let them go, man. Let let the magic happen. The, the yeah. best, the best radio, the best whatever happens when it's organic. If, if I got on a show every night and I read off a script, you could you could feel that, and you would be bored out of your mind. But when yeah. I you know when I get on here, just kind of let it go and let the show take me where it wants to go. It's more exciting. Same thing with with uh, the, the wrestling. I would think. Right, there's never going to be another Dusty Rhodes talker or Roddy Roddy Piper and guys like that that could really Ric Flair. Oh, the Macho know. Man was—I mean, dude, he was incredible oh, yeah. at that, man. Yeah, yeah. When he when they would ask, "What do you think, Miss Elizabeth?" and then he would get it, grab the microphone. Yeah. you don't ask her. You don't ask. Her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> guys, see, like all these like memories of like when I was younger coming back up. Jeff, we got to run, buddy. But thanks all for right, the call. Thanks for your story. Call. Yep. Thanks, man. All right, we got to take a break. We will come back with more. Stay on the line. We've got Ed, Terry, Brandon, and you. 700 WLW. Your beard is a little sideways, too, but I don't want to get into that. That's I'm not right. going to take personal pot shots at you. Is that mean, Gene, the Macho Man? God, it's a simpler, simpler time back then. Mo Egger on, uh, on Twitter writes, The Saturday when Randy Savage took the Intercontinental title from Tito Santana began three decades of sports disappointment, and I couldn't agree more. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Clarksville and talk to Terry. Terry, fire away, please, quickly. Uh, Terry. Terry, yeah, I got you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there when uh, the Macho Man went up into uh, the press booth. Oh, when he when he talked to the Famer, right? When he was on with uh, with Marty. Yeah, with, uh, with 
Marty. Dave, we, Dave, we, we got that sound bite somewhere, don't we? Of, of, of a macho hey, man yeah, with a... Yeah. Back in the day, it was good, but I was just wondering why. Uh, I was just wondering why you're. Yeah, there we go. We'll uh, we'll let that one go, Terry. Uh, switch to water instead of booze. All right, let's do this. We will take a break. When we come back, we still have all three topics going right now. We have Bronson Arroyo. Is that a good signing by or potential signing? Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the Reds, along with Scott Feldman. Scott Feldman, 34 years old. Ron Royal, 39. Marvin Lowe's extension, is that a good idea? We can also talk what, what, what the, I'll tell you what was amazing. During the break, I got to watch highlights. And earlier, I watched it live. The uh, NFL, I don't know if they call them the skills challenge. Either way, they played dodgeball. Instead of getting them out on the field where they can A, get hurt, and B, no one cares, get them out on a dodgeball field. And it was fascinating. By the way, I don't know who threw the, who threw the ball. But Andy Dalton got pegged, like, right in, like, the inner, like, knee or whatever. Like, I guess maybe it was on his foot. I mean, he got drilled pretty good. I'm sure that'll be a gif or a gif or whatever tomorrow. But anyway, we can talk that, too. And also wrestling, because it's fun. 700 WLW. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. Um, the man. The one and only. You know, I was thinking during the break, you know, there's always that saying you're either a, you know, Led Zeppelin or the Who guy, right? You, you can, you know, you can like both, but not really. You're either one or the other. And I often say you're either a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning guy. One or the other, right? You either kind of relate to one and don't so much care for the other one. It's kind of a war of who's better and all that. In the same respect, I feel like you're, you know, an ultimate warrior guy or a macho man guy. Now, I, I was kind of more of a of an ultimate warrior guy, and I think uh, what, what's kind of a modern example, Dave, uh, the rocker, uh, Stone Cold, right? You're either one or the other. You can't really, you don't know, love love both. I would say, I don't know. I see. I liked all. I like Stone Cold though. He was pretty cool. He, I, I kind of caught a little bit of that one. That was kind of a little bit of a revival, wrestling revival in my life because. That's right around when I was in college. We're talking like, you know, late 90s and, you know, this was before the internet. So there was more, you know, whatever. And you were always in the in the common area of, of the dorm I stayed in, like whatever night of the week, I guess it was Monday, Raw, um, they would have wrestling on. And that's when Stone Cold was absolutely humongous. Um, let's go to the phones here. Let's go, uh, Ed, we're going to break up the, the wrestling calls here. And we're going to talk to Ed who wants to talk some Bronson Arroyo. Ed, fire away, please. How are you doing, Rocky? I actually want to talk about three things. Bronson Arroyo, the Crosstown Shootout, and Marvin Lewis. How's fire, that? Fire away, man. Let's do it. All right. First, I'm going to start with Crosstown Shootout because I went to the game tonight. All right, cool. And and I will tell you, except first of all, I want to say three things. Kudos to Mick Cronin 
for adjusting in the second half, going to a box and one and not collapsing the defense to keep Trayvon away at 29 points in the first half and only 11 in the second half. That yeah. was a huge difference in Big adjusting time. his defense. Yep. Kudos to him. Except for one or two calls, I thought the officiating crew did a phenomenal job tonight. They kept it under wraps and kept it under control. A couple of bad calls, especially the N1 that they had on the, against UC and a couple of things. But other than that, I thought the officiating crew did great. And keep forgetting the last game in the shoe, the last crosstown shootout in the shoe as it exists today. So it was kind of a neat thing to have, and it's still a great atmosphere to be at. That, that's pretty cool. That. Now, Ed, you were in the building. You were at the crosstown shootout? I was sitting in Section 206, yes, sir. Describe for the listeners here the, the energy in the building. What did it feel like? Was it feel like a huge game? Was there a lot of, was there a lot of energy and emotion in there? A lot of energy and emotion, especially in the second half. Uh, and only time that the energy was let out was whenever you see went to the free throw line. <laughs> People just sat down and were waiting for the miss. So it was kind of fun. But other that's, than that, great cool. energy in the building. And the shoe is still, I mean, I have a lot of memories from the shoe, and the shoe is still a great place to see a game. Horrible video, though. I will tell you, the worst video out of any NCAA venue I've ever been in in my life. No close-up shots, hard to see, the board's terrible, and the camera angle is terrible because where the cameras have to be, position in the shoe they're so far away it's it's really bad oh you so you're so, talking about like the jumbotron or the uh yeah, exactly, exactly okay the replay the, board yeah yeah the replay board they have is just horrible and you can't see stats or anything there's no video there's no video boards to show stats and stuff i mean compare that to like the shot in columbus where you got everything all the information on the game it's you know great video great boards great surroundings and everything but that was, it was a great game tonight and like i said kudos to mccronan for adjustments at halftime because second half was a totally different story to have. Absolutely. Very uh, good. Bramson or Royal? Um, I think it was Capel or Krasnick a week ago had something on their blog on ESPN about Bramson or Royal going to a team to uh, see what he's got left, but also then to mentor or work with uh, pitchers to see how we would do in that environment and then become a pitching coach. And I think that's a great move for the Reds if they sign a Royal for that reason. I can think of no better person to have as a pitching coach for either my AAA system or even in the majors uh, to have someone like Bronson Royal who always had a way to unify and just be the steady rock when the Reds had him on their starting staff. Now, now, now I, if that is the case, and, and I don't know that, I'm sure more information will come out on that, but if there is going to be some sort of uh, segue into a, a role of him being a pitching coach, I, I can understand it a lot more. If, if, if that's not the case, Ed, from my perspective, I just think everyone overvalues the, the whole oh, veteran leadership and the whole mentor, the young guys. I, 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 it's been my experience on teams. Guys tend to look up to, yeah, they look at the older guys, but they more so look up to the guys who are producing. You know what I mean? So if you're an older guy and you're producing, boom, you're the team leader. You're going to be the one that, that guys look up to. But if you're like the old guy on the team that's kind of really average or even below average, it's not going to matter one bit. So at that, at that point, I wonder how much are you going to get out of Bronson Arroyo at 39 years old? Because if he's just some kind of guy you know, walking around the clubhouse and he's not really you know, having any wins and having any sort of you know, significant effect out on the mound, I, I don't see what he really does in that role. I don't think he's going to have that big of a significant effect except to 
possibly, like I said, we'll see what he's got left. He's got nothing left to reverse the coaching. I think in that case, it's a great move. Plus, again, probably going to get someone that can fill in a role for them or so. And if he's got nothing left, he's got nothing left. And I would, I would love to have him. If, if this was written a week ago or two weeks ago, that I saw that across one of their blogs about him wanting to be a pitching coach, I said, gee, if only the Reds could get him as a pitching coach. And here the announcement comes out tonight. Yeah, th- right. th- th- that, that would make sense. I, I guess my devil's advocate side is in a rebuilding year, why give those whatever, you know, who knows, well, 40, 50 innings maybe. to a, a guy like him when those 40, 50 innings could be going to a young guy or two or three young guys when you're trying to decide, you know, get these guys some playing time so you're deciding who's going to be on the on the roster in 2018 and beyond. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. I agree with you, Rob. Actually, there's, we'll see what happens in, in you know down the road. We'll see where, where it leads to. All right, Marvin Lewis, next topic. Yes. Um, I would not re-sign Marvin Lewis to an extension of any kind, but the only reason you would is if you are going to pursue the free agent market, unless you can sign someone who is maybe a Josh McDaniels or whoever else, that, unless you can sign someone that is a significant coach, uh, you, gotta, you have to give him enough of an extension if you're going to go after free agents so they feel they have some continuity if they're going to sign a two or three year deal as a free agent. Yeah, I, I, I understand that point because you're saying if you, you know if you want to sign a free agent, why would they want to come here if they know that it's going to get blown up? And if you're a defensive player, let's say, you know, and you sign on the team, uh, your defensive end, and you sign to be a three four outside. Yep pass rushing defensive end. Now a new coaching staff comes in, they switch to a three four and now you're screwed. Exactly. So that's the only reason I could think of giving him extension. And if you set if depending who you draft, the one thing I've always said about Marvin Lewis, and this is the one thing that bothers me about the Bengals. Now look, you played the game. You know what it's like. To me I always like to imitate success. You look at the New England Patriots, the stat that blew me away is they have thirty one players on this roster that were not on the Super Bowl winning team two years ago. Yeah. That blows my mind. If you think about that, what would happen if the Bengals had 31 new players? Well, I, I mean, would, it, 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 it's, it's, you're right. It's exactly the opposite. I mean, nothing against um, Domita Pecco, but I mean, like, they keep, I, I feel, and it, it, you know, he, he's kind of keeps, he's always around. It's like they've never found a way to replace that guy. You know, the exactly. uh, uh, other teams, I, I say this every year. I, and when I used to do the show, the Monday show with Mo, for a couple years there, I would always wait for like roster cuts. I'm like, boy, there's going to be like a, a big time shocking veteran that gets cut because usually on every team that happens. When's the last time there was like a, a veteran like last final cut day getting down to fifty three? Yep. Was there like a veteran guy where they're like, "Hey man, we got this younger guy who's cheaper and got a higher ceiling. We're going to take him over you." The Patriots, to your point, they they, they released a guy like Jamie Collins, who yep. by all accounts, you know, from just from the outside perspective was a hell of a player. But they said, okay, in a couple of years, we probably won't be able to resign him. And also, he's not that committed to football. Boom, gun, see ya. You and know? that's the key thing. They, they find that this is my point. The one thing I don't think Marvin Lewis and his staff have ever been good at is finding the players that fit their system. And even if you have to give up, even if you have to throw away a second-round pick or whatever it is, get the players that disrupt your system out of your system. And that's the thing New England's on. The other thing is utilization of the tight end. Why more NFL teams? Look at Travis Kelsey. Look at, look at what's happened with, in New England. You got the, Gronkowski's out, Bennett comes in again, and then the use of the slot receiver. Wells Walker created, started that, that trend in New England, and look what's happened with Edelman and so forth. You gotta have the guys who can cut across the short routes and the X routes. Take that tight end. You can have them do a, 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 a short block and then go out for a pattern. 
They don't do that enough in Cincinnati. you got all these wide receivers going out to the same length of the field. You tell me, Muhammad Sanu, when he was in Cincinnati, he was underutilized. Look what he's done in Atlanta. Oh, God, That's yeah, perfect, he had a hell of a championship perfect example. Game. Yeah. Exactly, and this is my point. You have to decide what your system is, and then you have to put the players into that system that fit. You cannot put square pegs in a round hole, and I think until they get rid of Marvin Lewis and that whole attitude of just hodgepodging it every year, they're never going to be consistent. They're never going to be consistent. And my question to you is, no matter how good Andy Dalton is, he still has, when the guy's got more interceptions and touchdowns on, the, on most weeks, it's kind of tough. Maybe it's time to look at A.J. McCarron and see what he brings to the table in that game atmosphere. You've got to know what you've got going forward, because you've got to know what you have to do for the draft. Maybe not this year, but next year's going to be a key draft for the Bengals. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have Dalton's stats in front of me, but, but I mean, c- come on. He, he played, he had, a, he had a damn good year. Is he ever going to be Tom Brady? No. Is he no, ever going no. to be Drew Brees? No. Is he ever going to be Andrew Luck? No. And and of course, I mean, look look at the look at the final four, right? Look at the uh, the two championship yep. games. That three of them, three of the quarterbacks, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, and Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame, correct? One hundred percent. Absolutely agree. Matt Absolutely. Ryan, if you give him enough time, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So I mean, th- this of course is the eternal rub in the NFL. Everyone wants to build their team. Look, look at look at Kansas City, right? Andy Reid since the beginning of time. Has never had a quarterback. But he has a dominant defense. He has a you know good run game, all that. But his quarterback is kind of above average, and he, he always seems to miss out on it. But again, but then the rub is that these guys aren't grown on trees. That that's the thing, Ed. Is, is hey, Tom Brady is a once in a in a in, a, in like thir- three lifetimes. So you get rid of Andy Dalton, and you take your chance on someone else, and he gives you, and he's much much lower. So right now the Bengals are forced to take this quarterback who's. Very good, never going to go in the Hall of Fame, never going to be exceptional, but a very good quarterback, and put the pieces around him. Where New England, if you got if you got a once-in-a-generation quarterback like Tom Brady, you get some guy who used to play lacrosse like Chris Hogan, right? You can you can do yep. that. You pay Tom Brady whatever it takes, and you fill the pieces, put, put whoever around him, because he's going to make them better. Andy Dalton, as good as he is, needs people to elevate him uh, to a certain extent. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying get rid of Andy Dalton. I'm saying sometimes you've got to see what you've got and what the difference makes. But here's the biggest thing. To me, you play, listen, you play professional sports. You play at a level that only 1% of the population will ever get to. But to me, it doesn't seem that difficult to do. The first thing you have to do is you have to have a quarterback who can get rid of the ball quickly. If you look at the release time of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all the quarterbacks you mentioned, versus the Andy Daltons of the world and other media, I don't want to say mid-level, even over good quarterbacks, but mid-level quarterbacks. The other thing is you got to have an offensive line. Our offensive line is not giving their well, time well, to that, That's the thing. It all comes down to the offensive line. I'm telling you and I'm telling the American people right now, if this team drafts a wide receiver with the first pick, I am going to go absolutely nuts. This you wide receiver and weapons and was not you what this team both. was lacking. It was an offensive line both in the run game and protecting Andy Dalton. I, will, I, I didn't even want to go there yet, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to get on my horse about that. This team does not need, oh, let's get Mike Williams from Clemson. Great, fantastic. So we, the, Andy Dalton can get killed while trying to throw the ball to him. Ed, we got to run, buddy. But thanks for the take call. Care, Rocky. Great Absolutely. Call. Yep. Bye thank bye. you. Thank you. Let's take a break. Back with more News Radio seven hundred WLW. Time to play the game. So, according to my producer Dave Keaton, this is Triple H's entrance song. This is pretty cool. Little Motorhead, good stuff. 
Just a few more minutes here, and then uh, America's Trucking Network with Steve Summers will take over. In the meantime, make sure you check out my blog, 700WLW.com, search word Rocky Boyman. Now, your blog is supposed to be an extension of yourself, right? The blog is supposed to reflect me and what I like and what I find interesting, and maybe you find that interesting as well. So the point is, I don't just put stuff on my blog just that's whatever, that's funny or just whatever, just, just, to, be, just to be it, right? I, it's, I, it's something that I have a personal connection to. So obviously, if I write something, it's, it's original content, I put that on there. Political stuff, of course, because that's kind of my wheelhouse. I put that on there. I also have right now, I have the, uh, the video of the premature hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo because I think that's fascinating. I love animals. I also have, I just put up today two things. I have the uh, inauguration day, that bad lip reading. Have you ever watched that? Like, you know, the bad lip reading. They've done it a million times with different videos, but this one is actually really, really funny. I watched it today, and it's hilarious. So inauguration day, bad lip reading. Then I also put up this one. This is amazing. So everyone, if you're, like, I'm 37, and if you're age, let's say, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say I'm going to say 33 to 43, maybe 48, in that age, age range, you played regular Nintendo, right? And chances are, if you were cool, you played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out until my fingers bled. Anyway, point of the story is, I have put a video on there of a guy who beat the entire game in just over 15 minutes. And it's absolutely mesmerizing. I literally wasted 15 minutes of my day. And I don't have a lot of free time. I wasted 15 minutes of my day today watching this video. He went through, boom, Glass Joe, then Von Kaiser, then who's after that? Piston Honda, then um, whatever. Who's next after that? Uh, Hippo, whatever. And he beats, he beats them all in like 17 seconds. So beat the entire game, including Mike Tyson, in 15 minutes, uh, 12 seconds and 14 tenths of a second. That's pretty amazing. Make sure you check that out. So my time is coming and gone here. I want to thank my producer, Dave Keaton, especially for his great work digging up the, uh, the wrestling clips. I will be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll have a good time. Stay right here, 700 WLW. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.